You're listening to Season 2 of Conversations with Kathy, the podcast for women who are looking for a place filled with honest conversations, tangible takeaways, and new perspectives on life, love, and everything in between. And I'm your host, Kathy Ann Roach. Let's jump right in. Debbie Jolie has coined the term the stammering communicator as a way to showcase her brand. And as she says, for most, my intentional use of this phrase is certainly an oxymoron. Yes, Debbie stutters, but she has refused to allow a speech impediment to define who she is and what she has to offer. The young woman who sometimes felt unseen or sometimes felt intimidated by the spotlight has gone on to be the owner of a marketing firm and is a lecturer. Debbie says, I am here to demystify the idea that people who stammer or stutter cannot be good at speaking or communicating. Come listener, she shares her story. So Debbie, I think that we are a good example of long distance relationships working because we have been friends for quite a while online. Very much so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we have yet to meet, but it is so good to have you as a guest on the podcast today. I am so thankful. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be a part of season two. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So, Debbie, let's jump right in because I know part of your your story is the Mm -hmm. fact that you stutter. I've come to realize that everybody has some sort of speech something. Yeah, especially in the Caribbean, especially in the Caribbean. But for some, it becomes a hindrance and you have kind of broken that entire mold around it. So... Tell me a story. Wow. Where do you want me to begin? From the Um, very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I think I knew I stuttered or I knew I was different immediately when I started to interact with other children. Mm -hmm. So that would have been for me, I would say around four, going to preschool and then realizing that you're getting teased, you're staying very long to say something, you're getting excited Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting excited and I can't say exactly what I want to say. And then kids are either they're mocking you yeah. or they're trying to finish your sentence, yes. which, hap- which happens right up until adulthood. Yes. Because people sometimes as well don't know exactly how to, how to interact or how to cope with you as well. So I noticed that from as little as four or five And um, of course, when you're that age, you really want to fit in. You don't want to be different. So, and I think for a lot of persons who stutter, it causes you to retreat even more because you don't want the negative attention. I didn't want the negative attention. I I overthought a lot of things. I didn't make eye contact with teachers in in class because I didn't want to get called on. So I I think for people, what they don't realize is that a a person who stutters has, I don't know, their brain is just thinking far more than I think the average person. And they are more conscious and aware of the emotions and of what is going on around them simply because they just have to overthink. Your speech yeah. is something to me. A lot of people take for granted the gifts they have or the abilities they, they have until they lose it. So it's yes. like a sight. 
Yeah. You, you take it for granted until you just don't have it. Mm-hmm. So your speech is the same way. I mean, I have to communicate with my family, with my colleagues, at times in school. Yeah. And every time you have to open up your mouth to speak, there's a lot of anxiety. There's yes. a lot of overthinking. There's a lot of uh, trepidation. And uh, that has stayed with me to adulthood that i am yeah a person that will overthink naturally overthink a situation and it's hard growing up with something like this because i don't think people like you said understand and sometimes people can be cruel i remember my son was at a school event so there was this christmas play and they all had to go up and say something right and we were in this big hall with all of the parents and all of the kids and he walked up on the stage and he had one line and he stuck on the word Christmas. Oh, he was like, on <laughs> and everybody started to laugh. This was uh, this is a three year old, you know, he was in preschool. And I looked at that and I went like, wow, how insensitive can people be? Sometimes either they don't know, they don't understand yes. what's happening. You know, we can't take it for granted no. that everybody knows that, okay, probably the child is stuttering. I don't know what it is. So I can imagine that it was very challenging for you growing up as a child. Absolutely. But how did you start to cope? Oh, I think it's tough. And I tell a lot of persons, for me, innately, my parents always said, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. They, they may not have been trained professionally to be able to guide (laughs) to guide a little girl but they would always say don't worry about it Mm -hmm. you'll get teased Mm -hmm. that's them that's not you you're very smart you could do it and they said those things so from very small you know in Trinidad we have an expression called you have a little bit of bad mind and I think I I think I have that I've always been from a little child and my mother would say I'm always the one that would always I wouldn't take a no and so I would always want to go above and beyond I wanted prove that I could do it when somebody says nah no no I want to do it yes so I have always had that for as long as I can remember and it keeps translating now it's more like personal development and I try to just improve myself Mm -hmm. but from small I always innately knew that I don't want this to keep me back yes and I don't want persons to judge me on it and whatever I say I could do I can do yes and so that has been a theme throughout my life from small and although I do get the negative feedback and have I've tried to to rely on the positive situation. Can you recall a moment that stays with you in terms of an interaction you may have had with someone? Oh, I have good and bad ones. I remember when one of my first jobs, when I was maybe about 21 or 22, Mm -hmm. a guy interacted with me and he said to me in about like in the space of maybe five or eight minutes, he said, you know what? I always thought that persons who stuttered had a mental disability. He actually wow. threw throughout the word retarded. Mm. And so I realized, well, at first I was just like, I, I wanted to be dismissive. Yes, yes. <laughs> but then I realized that uh, there are a lot of misconceptions mm. And he said, I really didn't anticipate that you, you know, that you would be intelligent. So I had that in 
interaction. A positive one to me that set me on a good course was actually similar to what you your son had at three. At 11 or 12, when I entered the secondary school, teachers put us into plays. That was the first time that I realized that if I, uh, if I rehearsed and I knew what I was going to say before I said it, yeah. the stutter would be dramatically reduced. Right. So learning lines and having to recite it meant that I knew and I wasn't, actu- I wasn't um, anxious. And uh, the, the doing plays, which again does both, eh, it creates mm-hmm. the anxiety because you're in front of persons yeah. and you will naturally want to stutter. But the mere fact that I am learning lines and I know what I'm going to say before I say it mm-hmm. actually helped me realize that, hey, I could say, you know, yes. full sentences and not stutter. And that set me on a course too because it, it changed my mindset as well. And I realized that, hey, there are things that can be done yes. so that it could actually improve. That's great because now. Yeah. Now you are a coach, now you speak, now you do workshops, now you host. So yes. you have definitely found your <laughs> voice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, really, it's true. That set me on a course and it also re- reinforced a lot of the things that I loved, which was marketing and the arts and music and theater. Mm-hmm. I needed to be able to command the voice. Yes. So I needed to be able to train my voice to be able to speak because I, I knew that if I wanted to do particular things, I would have to be able to, to, to kind of be in control of it. Right. So I didn't do my, my parents had one or two maybe therapy sessions. Of course, at that time, it was expensive. Yep, yep. <laughs> and um, what really, really helped in, pri- in secondary school was really doing those plays. Mm-hmm. And then in my 20s, I got into lecturing. I said I needed to get in front of an audience all the time. Yes. Be able to command my voice. I used to prepare for lectures like I would prepare for plays and persons yes. don't even realize that. Yes. I would spend hours in the beginning going over what it is I'm going to say, practicing mm-hmm. what I'm going to say mm-hmm. before I get to a class that was maybe an hour or two long. Yeah. So there was a lot of prep work in the beginning. Now I go to class. I mean, I know my material and yes. it's not as bad. But in the beginning, I did a lot, a lot of prep on my voice and what I had to say because I realized knowing what, what you were going to say was, was helpful to me. So I leaned on that. What tips would you share to deal with the anxiety part of it? The nervousness that in itself, I know you've said yeah. one of the tips is definitely being prepared, knowing what you're going yes. to talk about. Yeah. Do you have any other things, any other tips? I mean, I, I prepare and that's one of the main things. About three years ago, I got a productivity or maybe about four years ago because I felt the pressures of work. My childhood anxiety mm-hmm. was now actually affecting me. And one of the things she got me, me to do was a lot of planning. 
mm-hmm. and planning in my life. And she gave me a lot of breathing exercises. Yes. So many times I am able to recognize the anxiety. I mean, the anxiety doesn't go away. If yeah. I go to a new meeting tomorrow where I meet new colleagues, I'm anxious. Yes. It, I live in that state. Yeah. And so I would try to get, uh, I get there early. I try to sit in the vehicle. I try to breathe. Mm-hmm. I try to prep before. And I tell myself, Debbie, you've done all of this work. You know what you're going, you're going to say. It's just new faces and new people. Yes. So it's a work in progress, to be honest. It's not, I, I don't think I have a silver bullet as yet. It's just yes. some of the things that have worked. And the productivity coach did get me to breathe, some yes. deep breathing, yes. walking. And I realized it calmed me a lot. And I played against that in a lot of ways, trying to do too many things, trying to balance too many things would actually make the anxiety worse. Yes, yes. So she got me much more struc- structured. And I think for anyone who um, starters, trying to remove these kind of ad hoc things would help. Mm-hmm. If you're a little more structured and you're a little more planned, mm-hmm. then you remove the risk of something happening. And you don't know how to react to it. Yes. If you yeah. find yourself stuck, if you have a moment where you may have done the work and you're calm, but somehow you find yourself stuck, what do you do? How do you get past that? Because I know you can get stuck. I'm you assuming you are trying to get the word out and it's just yes. not coming. So what, what do you do? <laughs> I just stopped. I had a CEO, a, a Chinese businessman here in Trinidad and for a board meeting at a time. Yes. Right after the board meeting, he said, Debbie, anytime you find that you're, you're reaching to that point, he held my arm and he said, yes. just stop. Yes. Just stop yes. and gather your thoughts and go again. And it's yeah. true because we're fighting ourselves. Eh? We're in the moment. The word is not coming out. You're feeling more and more anxious. You're feeling like you're under lights and people are watching you. Yeah. It's magnifying in your mind. Yes. <laughs> and so he said that to me, just stop, mm-hmm. stop and continue. And he stuttered as well. So that was a very good, he, that was a good life lesson for me. And I try to do on that. If it's too much, pause a little bit. Yeah. You know, but I have defunct it as well. I mean, I put it out there. I take all this thing now. Yes. yes I you, let you. people know. And it took a little while, but about three, three or four years ago, I said, listen, this, it moved from trying to improve it yes. to me fighting it a little bit and not accepting that this might be a part of my life yes. for the rest, for the rest yes. of my life. Yes, yes. And yes. so I needed to stop fighting it and embrace it. And that's why I said, listen, I'm going to include it in the, in the title and in the branding Yes, because it's a it's a wonderful story and yes. I should share, share it. And it, <laughs> interestingly enough, I get a lot of inquiries about it, yes. whether I'm a, a speech therapist. Mm-hmm. I get persons from all around the world who say, I listen to your videos. I don't hear you stuttering. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I think it, that what you said is so important in terms of accepting it and embracing yes. it as part of who you are, because yeah. a lot of times when you research stuttering, they show you the pictures of the successful quote-unquote stutterers. People yes. who have a stutter 
and they're super successful. They may be an actor, an actress, but you don't hear them stuttering at all. So you think, well, okay, that's where I can get to. I can fix the stuttering and sound like them because they have absolutely no no issue at all. But the truth and the reality is that maybe just like you, they are preparing for these rules. They are doing short takes. They are sounding as though there is no issue. Yes. And, you know, we're in the background <laughs> thinking, well, that's the perfection that we need to get to. That's and true. that is not the case. It is very true. It is very true. And the more I built my brand on or online, the more I had to be comfortable with, with being exposed. And yes. that was part of it. I felt like, oh, this is too much exposure. <laughs> it will invite criticism do right. i want the criticism mm-hmm. and i said no and this and this is only three three or four four years ago i said yes. this is a part of who i am yes and i have to be okay with it yes so and that's when i decided hey this is what it is and let me use it to my to, to my advantage yes yeah. so i have two questions as we close right yes so what advice would you give to a parent of a child who stutters and what advice would you give to someone who is suffering with some speech issue right now? For parents of children who stutter, I think uh, patience Mm -hmm. and encouragement. Mm -hmm. We want to be heard. And for for a long time, I felt invisible and I made myself invisible. But we want to be seen. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so at times we need to have a little more patience. As a parent, we need to continue to validate. We need to make our children know that they are more than just that. And, and the stutter does not define them. Right. And also to when you have this sort of, I think when you're under 15, mm-hmm. <laughs> certain events could feel like it's life altering. Yes. And then when you're 30 and 35 and 40 and 50, mm-hmm. you look back and you say, it changed me, but I, but I am still in control of where my life is. So I think yes. it's important to really to continue to support, to listen and to encourage. Yeah. And for anybody who, who does stutter, I encourage you to, to, to not shy away from the stutter. I encourage you to look for ways to improve upon it. I mean, I I know persons now who are maybe in their 60s mm-hmm. that feel so self-conscious about it. Yeah. That family members still to this day will tease them. Wow. And they will and they will kind of retreat. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it can make you feel powerless and i think as a, a as an individual you need to you need to feel that you're that you're in control and yes. so i encourage persons to seek out ways in which they believe it it will help them i had a call colleague as well too that that stuttered and people would and people would tell him deliberately to read something in the newspaper mm-hmm. Read it out loud, and yeah. they were jo- they, they, that was like an inside joke. Yes, and that would make him so self conscious. And again, I know. I mean, he went to he went to QRC, so it's mm-hmm. not an academic thing. Yes, but to read out loud was such a was such a stigma. So things like that to me 
that challenge you as a person that stutters, I think you need to try to push past those things. You're not going to get to the next side unless you unless you push past and you push against that resistance. Yeah. And that's what I did. I, I, I really, every little hurdle, I said, listen, I have to go through this. I have to get this. So, so don't let it, don't let it throw. You don't try to push back. Well, Debbie, thank you so very much for sharing your story. I really appreciate you taking the time. No problem at all. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Kathy. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate and review. It helps others just like you to find the show. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Kathy Ann Roach or in my Facebook group, Conversations with Kathy, where we connect live, discuss the episodes and share tips for improving our lives. So until next time.